Our gospel lesson this morning comes from Matthew chapter 21, and I'll read the first five verses now. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, The Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning again, and happy Palm Sunday. I've been looking forward to this particular day in this particular church for a long time. This is the day that Sterling, Leanne, Pam, and Amy have all described to me as the big one here. The kids, the Easter egg hunt, the Easter bunny, the lunch shared together. For almost a year now, I have been anxiously awaiting this day to experience the fun and excitement with all of you. My expectations is that today would be a day that is big and full of celebration, lots of people. And so if I'm honest, I'm a little sad that today we are not together experiencing such a high and holy day in the life of the church and in the life of this congregation. This is not the first time this week that my expectations have been different from reality. And I'm comforted knowing that I'm not alone in this experience. I have seen many jokes and memes going around on social media about people talking about their expectations being shattered by reality right now. Maybe you are a high school or college senior and you expected that you would get to have your last classes, that you would get to say goodbye to your classmates all before walking across the stage and getting your diploma. Instead, the reality is, all of those things have been postponed for a while. Maybe you had a big vacation coming up. You have been waiting for about a year now. You expected that you would be on a beach somewhere now, relaxing. But instead, the reality is, you were confined to your home for at least the next month. Maybe you expected that your children would continue going to school every day that they would continue in life as normal, but the reality is you've had to learn to be a homeschool teacher on top of working from home and doing all the other things that is now expected of you in this new reality. Maybe when we were told to isolate, you expected that this would be the perfect time to start working out every day. But instead, the reality is there are a lot of snacks at home and it's easier to just lounge around and weirdly we don't have as much energy as we expected we would. Maybe you expected to remain happy and positive during this time of isolation. And the reality is you're feeling pretty frustrated and down by now. Sometimes our expectations are not the same as reality. The scripture for today is the same one that it always is for Palm Sunday. There are different accounts in all four Gospels, but the story is largely the same. Our King and Lord Jesus make a triumphal entry into Jerusalem before the Last Supper, marking the beginning of his Passion. No doubt, his entry into Jerusalem and the events that followed were different than people expected. 
The journey to Jerusalem begins on the Mount of Olives. This is a mountain range east of Jerusalem overlooking the city. So we know that when it says Jesus approached Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, he was coming from the east. The direction of his approach is significant for at least two reasons. Number one, coming to the city from the Mount of Olives is a prophetic and eschatological image because of the prophecy that was made in Zechariah that the Gospel writer Matthew refers to in the passage that I read for you a few moments ago. And number two, this is significant because there were two processions coming into Jerusalem at the time. There was, number one, the procession of the Roman army, which would have been coming from the west, and the others, those who came with Jesus, coming from the east. The procession of the Roman army would have been an intimidating sight. Men on horseback, the Roman standard flying, the Roman eagle prominently displayed, the clinking and clanking of the armor, the beating of drums, stomping of feet, this procession was designed to be a display of the Roman imperial power. And then compare the way that Jesus and his followers came from the opposite direction, from the east. As they approached, Jesus sends two disciples ahead of them and says, Go and get me a donkey and a colt that I will ride in on. And if anyone asks you about borrowing these two animals, just say that the Lord needs them. And again, this was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet, saying, Look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The contrast between these two processionals is comical and ironic. Matthew's message to us is that it was not an accident or by happenstance that when Jesus entered Jerusalem, that he did it when he did it and how he did it on purpose. Each part, from coming from the east to arriving during Passover, Jesus riding on a donkey and a colt, it seems like at the same time, this was all part of a larger narrative showing us that Jesus is indeed the son of David, their long-awaited Messiah. Jesus is the one who they have been waiting for. He is the one whom the prophecies are all about. And yet, he is totally different than they expected. It's hard for me to imagine being a part of the crowd that day. Can you imagine it? What must it have been like? All you ever have ever known are these big, grand processionals like the one coming in from the West. No doubt, all the crowd that had gathered there, they would have expected something different than what it actually looked like. They expected that Jesus would enter into Jerusalem like the Romans did. They expected Jesus would be on a mighty war horse, and that would be a sign that he was going to conquer all other kingdoms. They expected power and pomp and ceremony, splendor, destruction of earthly power, a huge, momentous arrival of a king. They did not expect that Jesus would enter on a donkey, a working, humble animal. They expected that Jesus, as their long-awaited Messiah, would show up like King David, and that through his power, all would bow down and praise God. They knew that Jesus was the fulfillment of the prophecies that they had long been waiting for, but still, he's just not quite what they expected. Throughout his life, he associated with all the wrong people, he broke rules on the Sabbath, 
and he didn't seem interested in power and fame like other royal leaders. And lastly, the crowds expected that their cries of Hosanna would not change. They expected that their loyalty to Jesus as the Son of God, the Son of David, would remain. Because again, he is the one they have long awaited. He is the Son of God. They did not expect that their cries would change from Hosanna to crucify him just a few days later. I invite you just for a few moments to imagine yourself in this crowd. Put yourself right in the middle of people who on one side are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And on the other side, people are saying, who is this guy? What is even going on? Let yourself feel that dissonance as people began to realize that Jesus is not exactly what the world or maybe even you expected of a Lord and King. The reality of Jesus is sometimes different than we expected. Even so, even in the midst of reality and expectations, maybe not always being exactly the same, we have a way to affirm our faith, to affirm the things we believe as Christians and as a church. Some of these things are so mysterious that we believe them only through faith. And so in this time, wherever you are, I invite you to join me in the creed of the church, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Virgin Mary, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. We continue our gospel reading from Matthew chapter 21, picking up with verse 6 and reading through verse 11. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them, and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that were followed were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, Who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet, the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, as Kristen was saying, this is far different than we ever would have expected on Palm Sunday. I always look forward to this day here. This is one of the biggest days of the year, and I look forward to people dressed up and children processing in, waving their palm branches, and then the Easter egg hunt, and be able to gather with our church family for a lunch and a meal together, and just be able to sit and chat and laugh and smile. To be within six feet of one another would be quite a gift today. But my, how things change. And my, how our expectations are upended. 
I ran across a commentary on this very subject, and Caroline Lewis, a biblical scholar, captures the spirit in many ministers' feelings about today and the season where we find ourselves. She writes, The parades have been canceled, maybe some postponed. The palms have been placed in a corner or a closet. What to do with them now? And Holy Week, similar to a saying about Lent that has surfaced on social media, this is the lentiest Lent I have ever lented. This may be the holiest Holy Week we have ever holied. It is hard to imagine a Palm Sunday and a Holy Week that compare to this year. The plans you made months ago are now undergoing changes of drastic proportions. Those traditions on which you have counted to make this week work, at least from traditional and liturgical assessments, are close to impossible to carry out. You are inventing, innovating, learning, and adapting at a rate unequaled in the history of your ministry. You have all become televangelists overnight and mastered, sort of, Facebook Live and Zoom out of necessity. Take a breath. Let it out. You don't have to do all the things, especially this week. Because in all this ministry, management, in the time of pandemic, here is what I think we could forget. In spite of our rubrics and rituals, Holy Week will happen. Because here is another thing we forget on a frequent basis. We are not God. And God has a way of reminding us, perhaps more often than we would like, that God is God and we are not. To be clear, I am not suggesting that COVID-19 is God's way of getting us to remember this simple fact. Contrary to some popular belief, God did not cause this pandemic to teach us a lesson. But a crisis of this nature, drastically and forever, can clarify things for us. I think Caroline Lewis's words are apropos today, as we, um, the Kristen and I, and the, and the worship team and the staff of Ashland Place, along with thousands upon thousands of other churches, have to find new ways to carry out ministry, to live out traditions and expectations that are changed. So as we think about uh, Palm Sunday, and as Kristen has led us to consider the expectations that the people held as Jesus entered Jerusalem on that day, and the expectations we hold for every day, I invite us to consider what it may mean for us to take that triumphant entry on that road into Jerusalem. To think that if we were there, as Kristen invited us to, to remember and to invite us into this scene, this scenario, what if we were there? What would we expect? We would probably like those there who, who expected this explosive display of power as a victorious king rides in on a white war horse. We would expect the king as valiant and noble as David ride in and display power and divine appointment. We may even expect to find our loyalties being offered to such power. But that's not what happened. 
That's not what God had in mind as Jesus entered Jerusalem that day. There's this notion of Jesus and the the kingdom of God that he was revealing before his disciples and for the world and for us. The notion is called inbreaking. As in the, the kingdom of God is breaking into the world. And we're getting glimpses of this inbreaking. It didn't come as this explosive display of power, this bold display. No, it came humbly on a donkey. It came gracefully with Jesus. It came poetically as he entered from the east and Pontius Pilate, the governor, entered from the west. It came with shouts of loyalty, only to be faced later with jeers and insults of crucifixion. The inbreaking of the kingdom of God is a powerful organic movement that Jesus has revealed more fully for us, for the disciples, for those who were there along that road who expected something quite different and found God acting differently in the world. That's an important piece for us to remember. This whole notion of inbreaking changes our expectations for God, of God. As Jesus came in on this road, maybe it was a paved road with stones and I We've tried to replicate that here. And I wonder if those people, as they, as they gathered along the edges of that road and pressed in, as the crowds pressed in on that road to witness, to glimpse of this prophet, this Messiah, this anointed one, this rabbi from the backwoods of Galilee, was coming in as a victor for the parade. As they pressed in, what did they expect Jesus to step on? What did they expect Jesus to expose? What were his expectations? And how did they align with their, my expectations? And as Kristen has pointed out, they didn't align. As people wanted a victorious king on a horse, a war horse. They received a rabbi on a donkey. As they expected an army, a a parading army of power and might, they received disciples following, obeying the young rabbi. Following along as confused and baffled as they were. As they sought loyalty to this explosive power of David and his kingdom, they were alerted and awakened to the invitation to faith. Faith to follow Jesus. All the way into Jerusalem, through the gates, to the temple, throughout the week, and all the way to the cross. 
That's the faith. That's the response that we have been invited to offer of ourselves. So as we think about these expectations that the people held as we hold, and as we think about how God comes and upends our expectations, consider, consider the many changes that we have faced even for this week and the coming week. The changes that we face for our life together in the weeks and months ahead. In these days, our response is to be awakened and to proclaim that God is still God and God loves us sacrificially, humbly, and gracefully, and forgivingly. Our response to this good news is faith. Our response is to see the inbreaking of God's kingdom in our midst. To live humbly and obediently following Christ. To love with forgiveness and grace and to proclaim the good news that Christ comes to free us from all that oppresses us. That is the good news today. That God is still God and Jesus continues to reveal God's unsettling, upending expectations of us and invites us into His life. Thanks be to God for His holy word. Amen.